Recording podcasts is a skill that requires a lot of practice. <laughs> it's kind of like going to the gym, you know? If you don't go for a while, you become weak. <laughs> Welcome to Layout, a weekly podcast about design, technology, and everything else. This week, we catch up on everything that we did during the break. Our thanks to a new course called Animating React on Level Up Tutorials for sponsoring this week's episode. Damn, that took what, like 10 t tries to start the recording? <laughs> and we're live. <laughs> There you go. Some things never change. Nope. <laughs> We've been we've been away for like for like two months or whatever. It feels yeah. like it's been like two years. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know about you. Exactly, I feel the same. It's <laughs> that's why it's just just to tell the people like how rusty uh, I was. I, we started this call. I didn't even have my mic plugged in. <laughs> uh, but it feels good, you know. It feels like settling back in. Like I'm I'm I was mm -hmm, ready for mm -hmm. this. It's like s school is starting again. <laughs> <laughs> i know but it feels like uh, this episode will just be to get rid of the rust yeah. and um this is our this is our test run right like we're not gonna post <laughs> yeah, this we're not gonna post this no of course no, not no of course not come on <laughs> i'm not an amateur uh cool man it's good to see you it's good to see you you said you were working on a talk i am your desktop is cluttered Yes, my is desktop how, a how is a mess. Not my physical desktop, because who cares about that? Uh, <laughs> my... How can it be a mess? Like, what would you put on top of it, you know? No. No, my desk is always clean. I don't know why, but mm -hmm. I just... Same. That's like a... I don't know. I feel like on the uh, bad habit lottery, like, I, I, I looked out for anything that is, like, real world cleanliness. <laughs> Like I just everything is in its place. Everything is nice. Um, actually, you now know, that I think you about know, it, life is gonna like challenge you on that. I feel like because I am oh, also well. very you know about stuff. And then it's like, well, when you live with someone else, it's like, well, then you know, <laughs> things start getting tricky. And then we have kids. I'm sure. Yeah, know, kids will ruin we will everything. Be tested. <laughs> Show title <laughs> already. We're like what two minutes in. There you go. Um, I can call it a show. Da, 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 da. Like whatever, anything that I can see in my day to day life is very clean, very orderly. But <laughs> if you look in my closets <laughs> and drawers, it's uh, it's a big mess. But um, anything that is visible is spick and span. <laughs> it's perfect. Um, so away from sight, away from the heart. You no. Know? Yeah, exactly. Um, who cares about the things you can't see? <laughs> um, I find that whenever I am working on a lot of like big ongoing projects, stuff just like piles up on my computer desktop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's just mm -hmm. like a reflection of how messy my brain is. It's just like to look at my desktop. Uh, so it's a real mess right now. I have a million windows open. I have a thousand applications that are running. Like I have for a moment today, I was running all of the design tools at the same time. <laughs> Right. Figma, Sketch, Framer, like you name it. I was running running everything all at once. Everything's like super slow. <laughs> like I had stuff, animations going in the background, keynote open, a bunch of work stuff. I have a million screenshots on my desktop. It's a real can you, mess. Can you say a bit more about that talk or is that still super secret? 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's that secret. Um, so the talk is for the UXDX conference that's going to be happening in Dublin. I believe there are still tickets Ooh. for sale. Uh, so if you want to come and see me, uh, totally, please do. Um, I believe I still have a handful of uh, layout stickers that I have left. So if we, oh, look at that. so if we do have any listeners. I will be bringing some some of the last. These are like the last yeah. layout stickers, you know. By this point, bad. they're like a vintage collection item. <laughs> totally, like collector's totally. item. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these things are going to be worth a lot of money at one point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> totally. When we uh, when we retire from our podcasting career, uh, which will be mm-hmm. in a long, long time, but you know, it's like it's like uh, it's like buying a painting. <laughs> You you should see yeah, it as an investment, now. except except in this case, you're not even buying it. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, I am I'm doing this talk for UXDX. So it, it, it's like the name of the conference is like half UX, half sort of like the development experience. So they're kind of mixing design and engineering and some product management that is like sprinkled in there nice. um and it's nice. a multi-track conference so people can kind of like go and attend the conferences that they want to see um i'm writing a brand new talk <clears throat> and it's been a it's been a while like i haven't written a talk in over a year i think by now and boy like speaking of being rusty <laughs> this i <laughs> find it i found it so difficult to be writing a talk this time it doesn't mean that my talk is gonna be bad okay <laughs> like i want to reassure everybody <laughs> my talk is gonna be amazing um uh-huh. but, but the, the whole process has been very difficult <laughs> and i think it's like uh, the inside of your closet you know because it's still not in sight so it's a mess but then kind of like once you see it it will be it will be incredible it will be the best talk you've <laughs> ever seen but right now yeah. it is still it's still in the oven you know but mm-hmm. um but i think a big a big portion of this is I feel like uh, that's kind of a side effect of us sort of like maturing in our own industries. Um, like, and I think that applies to anyone really, uh, not just design, but at least for me, I feel like I've seen a lot of talks. <laughs> I've been to a lot of conferences. I've heard a lot of like, I read Twitter a lot. Um, and I kind of feel like, <laughs> I don't think that jaded is the right term, but I I feel like my bar is very high. Like there's a lot of ideas mm-hmm. that's like, oh yeah, like yep, like I've seen this before, like yeah, like that's another version of like the failure talk or oh yeah, that's a that's another version of this talk. So uh, that kind of like attitude I think makes it really tricky for me to be like, all right, so what do I want to say now? Um, and means that I'm putting the bar fairly high for me. Um, so yeah, so I've been like trying to think, okay, what is, what is something that really is kind of important to me and how do I bring like a unique twist? Obviously, I don't think there's going to be anything that's going to be revolutionary or like setting the world on fire (laughs) in my talk, but, um, I have decided to kind of dedicate this talk to something that I feel like I've been chasing my entire career, uh, which is excellence. Like it's, I find that excellence is something that I strive for in everything that I do. Um, 
it is not perfection. Like there's a difference between excellence and perfection to me personally. And I try to like make that case on the talk that even like name anything that you think is like some of the best in their field. Like even the best things have like weird downsides <laughs> or there are th- things that can be improved. Like it's the old like John Syracuse, like nothing can- is so perfect that it can be complained about. But I think... Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that, for me, qualify as as excellent. Like these are things that go above and beyond at delivering on their promise. They push the envelope in many different ways. There's just like a generally great, um, and so that's what I want in my work. And I find that a lot of the times, I fall short of that expectation that I set for myself. Um, and so the talk is basically me going uh, through sort of three unconventional ideas that I've learned on my quest for excellence. And basically throughout these unconventional ideas, I try to like convince you through some personal uh, experiences. So I will walk through a bunch of different projects that I've worked on, kind of spill the secrets of how, uh, how they got made. Um, some of our thinking behind these projects and those are projects that are like not in my portfolio that I haven't really talked about anywhere yet um, that I will be like kind of breaking down kind of some of the process, some of the learnings there. And I will also kind of like reference a lot of things that have shaped me that I've learned and I've gotten from other sources like like writers and conferences and other things that have really like shaped me that I find are not being discussed right now uh, in the design world. So that's kind of the gist for my talk. <laughs> I like the, not perfection, but excellence. I love it. Because um, excellence is achievable because we see it, right? Perfection is an ideal that we really don't see anywhere. Right. That's the thing about perfection is that it's not, nothing is perfect, right? Um, but question, do you think the people, the work, the whatever that you consider today that are excellent and achieve that that high standard of yours. Do you think you will ever be able to um, give yourself that that recognition? Do you think you will think that you've achieved that that level of excellence? Because I don't think you will. <laughs> so, I mean, it's hard to answer this question without giving away some of some of the. Uh... Oh, okay. Okay. Some of the do, the, the reveal okay. of the talks, but um, <laughs> but yes, like this is something that I have been thinking about. Um, okay, okay. So maybe after you you give the talk, then yeah, I think we can circle back. If it's public, we can talk about it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, we can circle back and have a have a deeper conversation about the different the different topics that okay. I talk about. There. I like it. Um, Let's put a pin on it. But but yeah, for sure, like. It's it's something to identify that in other people's stuff. It's another one to apply it to yourself. And that's why yeah. during the talk, it, it's very much me saying like, hey, I'm on this journey towards excellence. I am not there yet. Um, here's like some stuff that I found along my journey. But, you know, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there are many more things I will uncover as I continue this journey towards excellence. I liked um, when you said about how you're being a bit more maybe jaded or 
I forget the word. I think that's the word I used. But like just looking at other people's talks and you've seen a lot and you're on Twitter and you, if you see things enough times, you start recognizing the patterns and the tricks. Right? Yeah. Um, not just with just our community. I, I myself, like I've been really into just filmmaking, like special effects or just basic, uh, just writing screenplays and how all that stuff works. And then once you start finding the tricks and how people do it, then you can, you, you start recognizing the patterns everywhere else. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like in one way you may say that it loses its magic, but I don't see it that way. I always, I am fascinated by how stuff works anyway. Um, all this to say that I, I was planning on talking about this, uh, later, but, um, I, I had like a super fast lightning talk that I, I, Give a framer yeah loop, i wanted to hear more was not about intended, that it was not intended to be uh, a talk that is and still will be like a video just those very super high uh, you know uh, highly edited um hopefully funny videos um and it still will be that the plan is to eventually do that but so i try to adapt that content in in, um, in a talk mm-hmm. format but still well when i was doing the slides and stuff i i was <sighs> I was just bored and I didn't want to do what everyone else is doing and not to throw anyone under the bus just because that's just how things do. So I was highly focused in trying to subvert uh, expectations. Um, so even just like ending the talk, I think it's always awkward to end the talk. Ah. <laughs> I never know how. And I see a lot of people that saying like, and so when you have this power, what are you going to build? Or something oh my God. like, you know, those classic. Um, and then the, Thank I you. had I had something like Wait that actually <laughs> one okay. of my early drafts. I'm not saying this is bad. I'm just saying that this is. But no, you're totally a, right. Like it's a, a pattern. Yeah, people do this, and they do this for a reason because it's powerful, it's effective, and it works. But because I was doing this mainly for myself, um, and you know, the stakes were really low because no one cares. It's a lightning talk and a show and tell is fine. Um, so I ended the talk with a hand drawn like the Looney Tunes. Like that's all, folks, and with me singing the on top, <laughs> and that is a stupid, <laughs> the most stupid, um, silly thing I could. But it, I just didn't want to fall fall into those, not cliches, but those patterns, right? Yeah. Um, and I've seen this more and more in not just when I'm making, you know, writing talks, but like in the world in general, in life, the more old and experienced you are the more you've seen more stuff and so you recognize more stuff and if that's if if you're the type of person who wants to be different or subvert expectations or something um it's it gets trickier right you you, you are more jaded all oh, this would go back yeah. to what you said and i find like that's something that i guess i realized in this process again i want to i want to clarify this doesn't mean that my talk is going to be bad uh <laughs> but we've established that it's going to be amazing yeah my talk is going to be amazing um but i realize i think i don't like writing talks (laughs) like it is like a a thing that and it's like i like having given a talk but the act of writing it is very like long and painful and difficult for me which is why it's so important for me to do something that feels new and different and exciting to like sort of counterbalance the mm-hmm. like pure pain that it is to like 
put those thoughts down on paper. So like even for for this doc, I have um, done custom sort of like illustrations and nice. kind of art around <laughs> uh, for my slides in, in a way that's something that I've never done before. I'm going to do like really... Well, this is something that is still TBD, so we'll see. Maybe I don't actually pull it off, but <laughs> I want to do uh, have like highly animated kind of screen because I show a lot of work, but I want to like animate it and like there's some stuff that I show about process. So I want to try to kind of like recreate something like a process kind of after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be like a lot of sort of like video production <laughs> involved in this lots Damn. of illustration and art making in ways that i've never done before so a lot of that stuff is exciting to me um and kind of like drives me exciting. to like keep writing and one thing i realized too and i think that's something that is potentially the fault of this podcast but i find that <laughs> i've become much more of a conversational kind of share than mm-hmm. uh sitting down and writing something and i like i feel like it's a couple years of doing podcasts like does that to you uh if you don't practice writing as much but i've for me i personally like really enjoy the style of hey i can throw out an idea in this podcast that maybe is going to be a little bit controversial or uh, like half baked and then like you're going to like, it's going to make you, you think of something else or you're going to be like, well, I'm not sure about that. And like, we'll be able to like have that back and forth and debate it. And as we are having that conversation, I'm able to like sort of like refine my idea and ask questions. And like, I find that that's at least right now, like a much more interesting and productive dynamic for me. It's very organic. It's Yeah. yeah. Uh, where I find like writing to actually be like, pretty difficult to just like sit down and get myself concentrated and you know be able to power through this so one of the tricks that i have used um trying to trying to make this useful for people you know (laughs) (laughs) but one of the tricks that i've used and that i think is like if you're also writing a talk um believe me like i know how hard hard it can get but like book a lot of feedback sessions with people i think that's something that i found was useful for me is like I've booked like a lot of like half hours or hours kind of conversation with someone. And if you're doing, if you're in a meeting room or something like that, uh, I do on Google Hangouts, you can do a recording. So I kind of do like, I talk to them a little bit about the idea for the talk and sort of like throw some ideas their way and see how they respond, kind of have a conversation about it. And then it like helps me generate a lot of stuff that I would then go and write down and capture. It also makes me like helps me validate okay is this something that's totally obvious to everybody or is this something that feels like it's maybe like a new perspective maybe on something that people already know or um like an existing approach but that's applied to different contexts or something like that so i found that that like just kind of helps me ease the pressure a little bit also of going on the talk because it's like oh well like i've had 20 people already seen it and like they think it's okay so it must be fine <laughs> so yeah Damn, but i should follow some of those advice some of that advice because i don't do that at all. no but i also don't write that many talks but you're also i no. feel like you're different than me whereas like i feel like i need to be 100 percent 
everything is like written down everything is planned like my water sips are you know written down and, <laughs> Timed. and like ev- yeah, everything scripted. has to be like on rails whereas like you're much better uh at like improvising and kind of like rolling with the punches and kind of like being funny and just you know where it's like not my Maybe. strength but i but it's not that i like that like i do really uh admire and respect and and, and uh, honestly i'm a bit jealous of people who have an amazing and like polished slide deck like you were saying animations and custom illustration and all that stuff and that is amazing because i i am the opposite not because i want to be but just that's just how what it comes natural to me right like i no matter how long i have to work on a talk it could it could be a week or a month or a year i'll probably spend 80% of the time not doing anything just thinking about yeah. it like i'm going through it in my head and then the slide is just like at the end and it's probably like a one word or one picture slide mm-hmm. and it's but i don't like that that's just what comes natural uh, if i could i would flip it around honestly but um I mean, anyway. yeah, like either either way is totally fine. Like for me, for me, it's mm-hmm. it's the other way, right? Like where, uh, like for this talk, I've tried to actually like delay that as much as possible and not try to touch the slides. But I swear, like until I jumped into the slide, I, I was like, I feel like I don't know, like where things are going. Like it seems like I don't really have a real talk. Like I'm not like really doubting myself and people are like no like this seems really interesting like this seems really good and everything and i start working on the slides i'm like ah like now it starts feeling like a real <laughs> thing and yeah. but the flip side is i tend to spend a lot of time on the slides and get like really excited about like oh like there's this cool like design thing i can do and it's like well yeah but like like if you could spend a little bit more time on the content like maybe it would make the talk better overall and yeah like maybe the pictures aren't as pretty but like who cares right (laughs) so i don't know it's i don't think there's one right way to do it i think you've kind of like nailed it and saying like do what feels right for you um and like i think Mm -hmm. doing writing a talk is very much also like an exercise in sort of dealing with your own personal ego hangups like with anything like as you're writing i find it's always like boy what do i know about this (laughs) why why the hell am i doing this like what writing talks and like public speaking is peak uh imposter syndrome totally (laughs) yeah big time and so if you can like try to remove that one stress of like trying to feel like you have to be somebody that you're not then that's that's like way better and actually means you're gonna get your word out there and yeah it's not gonna be perfect but hopefully it'll be excellent <laughs> see what i did there boom i see it i see i can see it yeah, really all right cool. so tell me about um <laughs> framer loop how did that go like how was that process um did you know ahead of time that you were doing a talk because i feel like you've kind of slipped it like on twitter of kind of very yeah right before the event like how did that whole process go uh i mean it's not it's not something special um uh, netlify was a sponsor of that event and so which was great so that that because of it uh, i was able to attend and also uh, we had the whole netlify design team here it was pretty cool uh, we had a little booth and it was fun to talk about netlify with folks um and then said hey we have a spot at the show and tell and so since you're here and all do, do you want to 
show us something I said sure i was actually I, I was already working on the content for a video slash blog post all that it's like sure i can that's actually a good just motivation for me to work on it and just to also get some feedback on that right. content beforehand um what i did not know is that pretty much every other lightning talk was about framer and how to use framer uh, <laughs> what cool stuff you could do with framer so i was like oh shit <laughs> whoops <laughs> i am so sorry uh framer folks but this doesn't have framer oh my god in it how did you feel um, at that point like right before i, I went on not, not on stage but uh, right before i started i i was like crap like <laughs> I shouldn't do this. Um, here it is. People showing amazing prototypes and shit you can do with Framer. And I'm like, look at these funny pictures. Um, <laughs> but afterwards, I think it was fine. Right. Again, low stakes. It was it was okay. But so um, there's not much to, to say to it. Again, I'm going to post this eventually so you can see uh, that. But it was it was, it was was fun. It was a, it was a fun event. Um, it was, at a, again, an amazing venue, as always. Not Not the same as the last year's. But another one, mm. another one, amazing one. Uh, the Framer folks, they, they know how to organize conferences, apparently. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and also saw a bunch of uh, listeners and friends and uh, finally met a listener, Ollie, and uh, Anchor. Was oh, cool. And met all the, the a lot of friends and internet friends, like, uh, you know, Tim and Tom and uh, all the folks. Anyway, it was fun. Uh, Framer Loop is, is becoming, like, a good, it's a good time to, to hang out with design folks uh in europe and we don't have a lot of those so it's always fun to have everyone around yeah that's amazing uh, and now i'm a local which was awesome. <laughs> yeah i wish i could have been there um how would you say next year did it compare um between this year and last year would you say as awesome or better or different so like 10 percent better cool nice that's like solid better it's, it's improving you know the the trend is on the, the right track sweet um good yeah so again if you're in europe or whatever next year let's talk let's let's all meet at a loop um so that was fun that was fun and also it was a, the the first design conference that netlify was a part of that was also also good and a lot of folks like mentioned netlify and stuff so i was Ooh. there you know for work but it was it was good it was felt good um what about what about what about you? What about the the design club, the Montreal design club? How's it going? Yeah, so that's been something that I've been doing. So basically, if the listeners don't know, like this is basically a section of catching up on all the things that we've been up to <laughs> during during the break. Yep. Um, so yeah, one of the things that I've been spending a lot of my time on was the Montreal Design Club, um, which is basically it's our local community where we do events every month um for people to just le learn from different designers and one thing that's cool is we actually get all sorts of designers so people who that are in fashion architecture like physical industrial design like all these things so you actually get to learn from from different types of, of people um and uh uh one of the things that we've been trying to do basically is take Montreal Design Club from something that is just kind of like a little side project of mine and really scale it up. And like I've had kind of co-founders jump on board and like been helping out. And I think the summer has been like really a super huge summer for us where, um, you know, we've put together like some of our 
the biggest, like most complicated outdoor events and stuff like that, um, which were super yeah. awesome and like ended up working out super well and everything. But um, like it's it's been something that's been requiring a lot of work. Um, and I, I think like it's it's interesting, like for us, like I think we've we've grown it from a side project to like a very, very tiny business. <laughs> uh, it's not it's still not fully self-sustaining, though. Like I think we need to to keep growing it and like making it even better and better because um, there's demand and people really love it. But um, it's been kind of interesting, like seeing like looking into things like marketing and like how do you kind of generate interest over time and like how do you reach out to new people that have never heard about you um so like some of the stuff that uh, i've done is like really started thinking more strategically about things like instagram for example um and even like in the way that like we create all of our of our posts on instagram like planning things out and having kind of a strategy because like our problem is that we have, we do events with speakers and attendees and basically like that's always the same thing. Like we often have a lot of the same people even. Um, so like how do you keep creating content that is interesting and insightful? So we kind of have this like uh, one picture, one sort of like more post style um where like we either feature interesting books or quotes or stuff like that and kind of like trying to make the instagram relevant to attract a bigger audience um and yeah just trying all sorts of new things like we have some workshops coming up and everything so uh nice. it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be really exciting that sounds really it's like a proper business you know like a company totally yeah like it's a so it's a non-profit um and uh <laughs> like the the downside of being uh being a company is like there's so much paperwork <laughs> and stuff that i hate doing and like <laughs> thank god for um for my co-founder cass who listens to the show um and like okay. she's she's been she's been taking care of a lot, a lot of that stuff that i like keep putting off <laughs> I'm like oh yeah like we'll 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 get to that at some point <laughs> and just never do um and she's doing that a little bit more i wouldn't say full-time but like she's doing half like freelance half montreal design club like trying to grow that so it's been really awesome uh what about you what about you anything uh anything else going on this summer uh this summer i've been uh spent a lot of time just focusing on i was gonna say myself but like uh, my personal life so not just work and career and right. projects and all that just uh, friendships and going out and meeting people and doing stuff and that's something. Uh, I was also <laughs> I was also playing a little bit with burnout. Uh, I was really close, uh, and so I did take a couple weeks off. I took one week um, was in Portugal visiting friends and family, and I took another week with like a staycation thing. Uh, that felt really good. Uh, I learned that um, some people when they're starting to feel burnout. Uh, they feel like they're always working, mm. like until very late, and they just get very tired. For me, it's the opposite. When I'm starting to feel burnout, is I start to not care about work, and I find myself doing the bare, like the bare minimum of what is expected of me. Mm. Um, and that's how I know I'm burning out because I just don't care about anything, Interesting. Um, or care less, I guess. Um, so that was also something, and uh, I also spent a bunch of time on break to save well not a lot 
but some on Break to Safe and Swift UI and all that stuff. Um, haven't done. It's hard to quantify the progress. So let's say, like, I rewrote pretty much all of the gameplay using Swift UI that works. Um, but I still like I built it like on a just a separate file just to play with it, see how hard it would be. Mm-hmm. So it's not the actual um, final code, probably. I want to refactor all that. But then this is all of the other stuff, uh, just the menus and the, like all the little, all the little shit. <laughs> it's it's both it both it's both like not interesting and just uh, just takes a while. Also because I'm not a seasoned programmer, <laughs> uh, so it just takes me way longer than an actual iOS developer would. Um, but also just SwiftUI is so still buggy and yeah. all the betas especially the mac os betas are so bad Oof. still and so i also have to boot into a, the catalina partition and all that and just it just just puts me off like i <laughs> i i haven't i haven't been doing a lot of progress and also just you remember how um with watch os 6 you can have um just like dedicated a, a watch app so you don't have to build the ios counterpart yeah of the app. you can just have that just um, watch apps, which is amazing, and it's exactly what I want. You have Swift UI, so you can build native UI. Perfect, that's exactly what I want. It's going to have an app store and all that. That's so perfect, that's all I want. Um, but then it's like, I don't think that you can have in app purchases. Uh... <laughs> um, which is like, like I don't want to, I, I didn't say that you can't because it's still something I'm still investigating. Mm. There's no documentation whatsoever. Uh, nowhere. It, like there's no place anywhere that says you can't, but they also don't say that you can't. So I'm I'm just trying to import store kit, but it, it's it's been messy. Yeah, and maybe you, you should that, ask um, like the the chirp guy. <laughs> I don't know. I, apologies, I don't know his name. But um, do you know the 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 app chirp? Travel Watch? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Chirp. I was is, really confused. So Chirp is a. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, it's a uh, full Twitter client for Apple Watch. Jesus. And you can download it right now. You can use it. It's pretty good. Um, huh. But uh, the I follow the guy on Twitter, and he's been rewriting it the whole app in Swift UI. He's uh, been finding a lot, a lot of issues um, and Jeez. finding workarounds uh, around them and stuff. Really interesting things. So I don't know. I'm guessing like if he, um, if, if that exists, he probably knows about it. <laughs> okay. This is great. I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask this person. This is great. Because I do, so I do have some cool ideas that I'm, that I'm trying to, hopefully it'll make it, um, but whatever. Uh, we can talk about it <laughs> after because uh, I don't want to announce or talk about it yet because mm. it's not yeah anywho yeah so that that's been that's been my summer well speaking um, of uh, speaking of uh, Swift UI and Apple Watch mm-hmm. I I had like a part in my in my talk where I was going to talk about weirdly like as a side note the climate the um, weather app mm-hmm. <laughs> that I made for Apple Watch mm-hmm. just for fun that I never released. Um, I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm able to like run that because I didn't have super great screenshots of it. Um, so I'm like, open the Xcode project and start like trying to try to run it. And I'm like, actually, I wonder if I could like redo the UI and <laughs> Swift UI just for fun. 
And then uh, it took me like about an hour and I redid the UI, like it redesigned a lot of things (laughs) like because, you know, design taste evolves. Um, And yeah, Mm -hmm. now I have like a fully functioning. It's it doesn't have the um, the iOS app companion anymore. Um, Just the the weather app. I could almost ship it. So, I mean, there's a few caveats. Uh, number one is the API that I'm using is the sort of the dark sky forecast.io API, and it's mm-hmm. kind of expensive. Like if I, if I get yeah. a bunch of users, I would probably have to do sk- subscriptions. Um, I don't need it to be a very expensive subscription. I just need to do some math, uh, and it might yeah. be like something where it's like five dollars a year, <laughs> and you can use yeah. it. And um, my guess is. No, almost nobody would use it, but I would be able to say, it's there, it's in the app store, <laughs> you can get it if you then want. And if no one used it, you also wouldn't have the costs, right? Like, um, space on Yeah, the exactly, app, exactly. So that it's like, perfect, it all works out. Um, Carrot, Carrot has that model in where um, you can even, like, select the API, like, what source to use. Yeah, and yeah. some of them have different prices. Yeah, so that's cool. And I found out that with Swift UI, you can finally do a side scrolling, uh, well, scroll view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you can scroll up and down and also scroll left, left to right um, mm-hmm. in the same container, which is amazing. Like, this is what I've been wanting to do for this app forever and just never could. Except, like, it works perfectly, flawlessly in the simulator, but it crashes the, the watch. <laughs> I try to do it on the actual device. So Classic. it's like, wah, wah. So, so very, very buggy. So, oh, well, Classic. we'll see. Hopefully, like, SwiftUI is going to be incredible once it's out of beta, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, and it Give might... It a couple of years. Like, I, I, yeah, and I feel like I still will qualify it as beta even when the new OS is out. Um, totally. So we'll see, but I think it's it's super promising. Okay, we we did ask on Twitter if people had any questions for us, um, you know, since we've been away for a while. And uh, some people did. So what do you say we just have a quick uh, message from a sponsor before we do that and then get to those listener questions? Let's do that. All right. So this week's episode of Layout is sponsored by a new course called Animating React on Level Up Tutorials. And it's a course by uh, Scott Tolinsky. You might know uh, you might know Scott Tolinsky as um, the co-host of the Syntax podcast, or the, at least that's where I know him from and from the Twitters. Um, and he has produced a new course on Level Up, um, all about animations in React with uh, React Spring. So here's what they told me to tell you: become a master of practical interface animations with React Spring. Uh, in animating React, Scott Tolinsky's latest series by Level Up Tutorials. We'll learn how to animate modals, menus, waypoints, uh, dragging gestures, uh, all that, uh, React router transitions, and a lot more. So you can subscribe to Level Up Tutorials to learn all of this and um, and way more uh, with over 25 exclusive courses and a new one uh, each month. And here's what they didn't tell me to tell you. I know Scott from the internet. I can follow him on Twitter for a while, listen to his podcast. Uh, I know he produces quality content and animation and React are two super trendy topics for designers right now. Um, so if you're looking for, uh, you're looking to learn an, a new skill, this is not a bad place to start. Um, and you can save some money too. Uh, it's a pretty good deal. So you can sign up for the whole year. You can save 25% um, of the full price. And you can use a special URL that we're going to put in our show notes. So uh, you can go to layout.fm slash 147 and uh, you'll find a link there. 
or you can just um, go to leveluptutorials.com and uh, I'm sure you find it. Thanks uh, to Scott and his course and Level Up Tutorials for sponsoring the layout. Boom. Thank you. Okay. So, like I said, we asked on Twitter if people had questions. Some people did. Slash do. Slash had. <laughs> okay. Uh, listener Ollie, uh, who I've met at Loop. Hi, Ollie. Now we're friends. Um, asked uh, so much new stuff since you last recorded. Uh, I'm particularly interested if um, either of you uh, have tried Figma plugins yet. I saw a Netlify dev showing off some of his plugins the other night. So, well, first, I've been away from the internet for two weeks. I do not know that a Netlify dev showed off some plugins. <laughs> Actually, I even looked for I don't know who you're talking about. Uh, Ollie, if you can send me the like a link to that tweet or something, I can ask around. Um, anyway, but no, I haven't tried any Figma plugins. Figma is killing it lately. Um, uh, I saw the plugins like announcement and i saw the you know the directory it's pretty cool how they have a lot of plugins already like in such a short mm -hmm. um window and so i do not i haven't tried it i'm just really glad that now that whole platform plugin platform exists because if you learn something from sketches that you know having that a good healthy plugin ecosystem is really good like i use sketch and there's a, at least like a handful of plugins that i just that's part of sketch for me right i become integral to my workflow um so figma is killing it it's good i think if you compare it to sketch plugins for example just the fact that figma is on the web and you can build stuff you know using web technologies you can build like your plugin ui in react or you can use like typescript and stuff like that i think that's gonna that's probably gonna be huge just for developer adoption so i Honestly, I think it's way easier for someone to learn or they probably already know some JavaScript and get started with that than um, Sketch, which was always a bit weird. Um, I even forget what, how, how could you write plugins for Sketch. I know they changed the language at some point, but I forget. Um, so, no, what about, what about you, Kevin? Have you, have you tried it? Yeah, so, okay, so we are now, like, mostly using Figma full-time, uh, Shopify. Um, <laughs> so... I have used it a lot more uh, lately, and it's been pretty amazing. Like for sharing as a as a team and everything, um, like er having everyone be able to go in the same file and everything's really great. Uh, I am not really a plugins person, so <laughs> I haven't really played with them too much yet. Um, I have to admit, like this is something where maybe I need to just do a little bit of uh, of homework. <laughs> Uh, maybe before next show and try to see like what are the most interesting ones that I find. Uh, but even for Sketch, like I never used a ton of plugins. Um, like nothing wrong with them. Like I'm just like I'm a very basic user of <laughs> these tools, I guess. <laughs> I uh, I do things the old long way and it's fine for, for me for the most part. But um, I know there's a lot of cool plugins. And um, for instance, uh, I know that we have one plugin uh for us to basically like populate with real merchant data um which is like only nice. only public data of course uh so yeah so that's pretty cool like pretty useful for our workflow obviously it's not 
not available to non-shop folk but uh but yeah so that's a that's a cool one um yeah i'll be looking forward like i saw i saw some stuff on twitter like some of them had like a full-on chat tool and stuff like that yes um crazy so yeah pretty crazy pretty interesting uh but no i haven't so i guess like i would like to turn this question on to you ali like have you seen anything interesting um please let us for people listening if you found you know super cool plugins do let us know yeah share them with us Okay, next question. Uh, listener Cameron Deerdorf um, just said, Break is safe. Um, I think we covered it. <laughs> it's a common, uh, slowly, very slowly. Um, like, not for lunch, by the way. Don't. Okay. Uh, then um, the Inspect Podcast official Twitter account said, What do you think of Inspect? I have to be honest, I haven't listened to Inspect yet. I know of it. I've seen you already, uh, you know, enough on Twitter that I am aware of this podcast. Uh, so tell you what, uh, this is from a friend AJ, I think. Do um, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna add it to my queue right now on Castro, and so yeah, um, I'll let you know what I think of. In fact, they did an episode <laughs> recently that I listened to um, where they gave basically like a bunch of recommendations of stuff that they enjoy and uh, they were nice enough to include layout in that list so uh, you can check it out there's a lot of other good recommendations so if you're looking for other like podcasts to listen to or um, people to follow and that kind of stuff um, they have a lot of great picks in there boom okay and uh last question friend uh frank <laughs> hi frank yeah um frank asks how do you feel about the current state of the ios beta now that it's so close to launch you want to start? How do you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so it's something that like a lot of the Apple people have been talking about. Like some of them are super worried that it's like, wow, like this seems really buggy. Um, it's com- been a rocky. Com- it's been a rocky compared to, to last year, period. and it's like, yeah, it's been more buggy than last year. Um, but last year was an uncharacteristically stable year. Um, so I think it's normal that it's more buggy than last year. I also think that if anything, like to me, it's like we'll judge the the final version. It's telling that they've had to cut a lot of features to make the deadline. I think it's a good sign that they are cutting those features. Basically, like it's it's better than they didn't, and all those features are buggy. Uh, they have to have iOS 13 out with the new iPhone, uh, so they kind mm-hmm. of have no choice. Um, but like if you want to be pessim- pessimistic about it i think um you can be <laughs> because it's basically like <laughs> apple sort of like not learning its lesson <laughs> basically like uh, last year they've had to be like whoa 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 like let's postpone a lot of our features to next year and make sure they're polished and then this year they're like amazing like now we can ship all the stuff we wanted to ship last year and all the stuff we wanted to ship this year and it's like but wait a minute, like, <laughs> it still takes you more time, needs you, yeah, you need more time, you know? Um, so, but I think generally, um, like, uh, there's still a couple of, like, weird issues, but I've been using the betas on my, all my devices, except the Mac, of course, um, uh, for, since beta one, and it's mostly fine, like, it's usable, um, so I don't think it's a catastrophe. It's not a catastrophe, but it's definitely very buggy. And the fact that they are 
they moved a bunch of features that they announced as part of iOS 13. I guess I didn't say in iOS 13.0. They did say iOS 13, which is technically correct. But they did move a lot of the features to a point one. So if you're running the betas, you would see that you have a 13.1 beta to update. Um, And features like all the animation stuff in shortcuts. Um, What else am I missing? There's like they reverted a lot of the iCloud stuff. Right. Yep. Um, Anywho, and and this beta is like way more buggy than the last uh, 13.0 beta. Like right now, all my share sheet, that one row of like suggestions, uh, it's completely broken. doesn't load. Um, So there's a lot of force quitting apps because it just, (laughs) you get stuck. Um, And uh, I think the macOS beta has been the worst I've ever seen. Like, well, not I've ever seen, but especially in the most recent years. Um, so, you know, it's deadlines are tough, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is hard. Shipping software is hard, and especially at this scale. And especially because, you know, they have to sh- put this in the actual physical iPhones that are coming. Um, so I am sure that I'll be fine, but. Yep, because usually, you know, if you're in the beta train, usually, actually, beta one is has been relatively stable. And then may, maybe maybe beta two and three, there's some regression, like new bugs are introduced. But then three forward and onwards, it's usually like a steady improvement, right? So it'll get less and less buggy with every new, every new beta. Uh, but not this year. I feel like not this year. It has a lot of ups and downs. And so maybe seven was very stable and eight was a disaster and then whatever. <laughs> so that's what happens when you're running beta software. Yeah. It's okay. Now that we're it's talking fine. about um, Apple stuff, um, I just realized now <laughs> it's like, I feel like there's been like not that much hype about this iPhone season, but this is the only show that we have before the, uh, the event next mm, week. True. True. Uh, what do you think? Are you excited? Are you eh? <laughs> like how? How are you feeling about it? Based based on the rumors, I'm not that excited. Like I've, I've I, I I'm sure I will be and I will tune in and I'll be it'll be awesome. And next year next week we'll talk about it in the show and we're all very excited. But right now I'm not really. I think <laughs> the iPhone 10, remember when they announced the iPhone 10 and said like, well, this iPhone is like th- th- 5 years in the future or whatever, like or 2 years ahead or something like that. They were kind of right. <laughs> you know, me and you were, were big, huge fans, and we have a lot of disposable income, and we like to have the latest and greatest. And we're both running iPhone ten, And and honestly, if the rumors are true, uh, the big selling feature of this new model is probably the camera, which for me, owning a Pixel, honestly, is like very welcome improvement to the iPhone. Because it's... Ever since I got the Pixel iPhone's camera uh is like it's embarrassing, right? <laughs> it's not just it's not amazing, it's embarrassing. Uh <laughs> so I'm not saying that it's it's a bad you know, it's not a needed feature or improvement. Um but if that's the only thing like my iPhone 10 is still pretty good, you know? So I don't know. Yeah. What, what about you? <laughs> No, I agree. Uh, I also, like, the thing that I hate the most about this phone is the camera. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I'm crazy about this, but I feel like the camera's gotten worse 
over time. <laughs> and a lot of the times, it's like, no, like things have not gotten worse. Like it, when you feel like, oh, like my device, my iPhone's gotten slower. And like sometimes it is the updates, but very often it's like, no, like you actually just get used to the speed. <laughs> and then like you get what used to feel like, oh my gosh, like in comparison to my old phone, this is so much faster. Now it just feels normal. And then when you see the new one, you're like, oh, well, this is way faster. The old one feel, feels slow. Um, but I feel like ever since they um, they released the iPhone uh, XS, uh, I feel like they've tweaked the algorithm on the camera itself because the thing that annoys me the most is is not so much like the actual lens it's how it overexposes every single picture you take yep. i find that i literally every single picture i take i have to like tap the little square and then like swipe down <laughs> to make it a little bit darker because otherwise everything's overblown and i think at least that's my theory but i feel like it makes sense because on the iPhone XS, they, um, they're doing a lot of stuff to actually um, kind of offset that and, mm. and uh, recover some of the highlights and recover some of the shadows. Um, so that's why like, I feel like they're not seeing or looking at this problem that much. Is <laughs> because like, oh, well, iPhone XS uh, uh, is like totally fine. Um, so for me, it's gotten worse. So I would love, love, love a new camera, which seems like this phone will give you. But if that's the only thing, it kind of feels bad to like buy an entirely new phone for a thing that is like, honestly, the, the biggest upgrade you could give me this iphone it just run a software update that just automatically does the like swiping <laughs> down like two two notches to make the picture darker mm-hmm. on all literally 100 percent of the pictures that i take and that would be it like that would be fine i would be okay using this phone forever and it's not because that there's nothing to do with this phone right like make the notch smaller and like there's many different things you could do um but Especially with the rumors that the 2020 iPhone, that's going to be like a big like industrial redesign and all that stuff. Yeah, I even you know? feel like they're they're kind of like being taming the expectations there. Like, I don't I don't know that it's going to be like an insane redesign. At least like nothing that I've read suggests that. It suggests that there's going to be more changes and potential like like I mentioned like smaller notch, um, 5G support and stuff like that. So, but yeah, like, cause for me, I know personally, I can't resist a hardware industrial design change. <laughs> so it'll, it'll depend. But basically if I buy this new phone, I will have to buy the one the year after again, which again, like feels like a waste. So yeah. we'll see, like in every other aspect, this phone still feels really fast to me. It still feels really good. I have like the big one so i'm not running out of space like everything feels fine like there's nothing that i feel like is missing to that era or that style of phone where maybe in previous years like things like adding touch id like was a huge difference or something like that like i don't know if there's anything they're gonna add here again we shall see next week (laughs) what we think but um I don't know. I just feel kind of I'm on the same eh, boat. about this one. Like, like, yeah. I'm probably going to skip it and probably going to be fine about it. So, yeah. 
Yep. Uh, and even like Apple Watch, I think the rumors now is like sleep tracking and a new titanium, I guess, because now they know how to make Apple cards and now they know about titanium. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are saying the they're just going to so... rev the Series 4. So it's not going to be an entirely new ser- series. It's just going to be like new materials. Yes. And, and the sleep tracking thing. Which is fine. Like, um, uh, the thing that would make me buy a new Apple Watch is always on display. I would buy one immediately, even if it looks exactly the same. That's such a big jump. I know. Right? Yeah, it doesn't seem like a, a 2019 thing. No. Like if we had today an Apple Watch and where the battery life would last you two, three days. Like, three like a days. week or something. And maybe the new model with it always on display would last, well, two days, right? Yeah. Then I could see it, but I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, honestly, all, all I really want to see from Apple, and I'm, we're not going to get it um, next week, probably not this year, is... Um, a redesign on the iMac Pro. Oh I am yes, so ready. That is very to overdue. Dump this laptop. I am so ready to dump this display. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just again, it feels just like buying an iPhone XS or the, this probably probably this new one. It feels also such a waste to spend a lot of money. Yeah, on a, on this iMac with that big bezel and chin <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> Even though it's amazing, you know, as a computer, but still so. Yeah. I'm waiting. I'm ready for you. Yeah, I Apple. think that the things to look forward to next week are the new MacBook Pro and potentially like Apple's tile thing. I don't know if you saw like the the rumors that they they're working yeah. on a tile yeah, yeah. replacement cool. or whatever. Uh seems interesting. I'm definitely I would definitely put it on my keys or something. <laughs> um Okay, question though. Yeah. How much do you think it'll cost? How much does the, the tile, tile cost? Tiles? Yeah. I would say this will probably be uh, $39.99. Has to be more. How much does a tile cost? Let me check. So the tile, oh, there's a bunch of them. Pro. Is my computer slow or is this its website? Uh, let me see. So a pro, I don't know what pro means, by the way. But so, but the most expensive <laughs> tile is it, it comes in space gray. <laughs> euros. <laughs> Actually, it does. It's black. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So it's uh, thirty-five euros. So it's probably like whatever. Oh, why oh, are all my prices 30. in euros? <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say fifty fifty bucks. Yeah, the Apple one. Yeah, I was thinking like they would want to go right under 50 because 50 seems like the limit <laughs> like yeah. over 50 bucks seems like well i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah like i think around that seems like a like a good pricing point um yeah we'll see i don't mm-hmm. know i'm we'll be will be curious to see what they do um Same. still sort of jealous of that um the apple card I could have it here, but uh, honestly, I don't care. I honestly don't care. <laughs> I mean, maybe I would care if I could have one, but ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, oh well, it's fine. it's fine. All right, I think that's it for oh, well. uh, for the Apple stuff. Cool. Should we do recommendations before we go? Yeah, let's do it. We should do that. Okay. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to get us started? Yeah, I'll get started. So, uh, my recommendation this week is a podcast uh, that was recommended a lot by Merlin Mann. So, if our listeners know Merlin Mann, uh, he's been talking a little bit about uh, that podcast, and I've had it forever on like 
kind of my cue. They're just like, you know, I don't know if you do this sometimes, like where I just download one episode and just sitting there <laughs> waiting <laughs> for a moment. Um, and uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I just I didn't have anything to listen to. And I was like, you know what? Let, let me try it. Uh, the podcast is called You're Wrong About. And it's amazing. <laughs> I really love is it. Is this a turns out show? Yeah, it's the double, triple turns out show. <laughs> Um, but it's actually really good. Um, so one episode that I will recommend and I'll add like a couple so you can go and listen to those. But one episode that I really enjoyed was you're wrong about homelessness, uh, which kind of like breaks down a little bit of like the misconceptions around what it's like to be a homeless person. Um, and I I felt like, wow, I've actually learned a lot. Like, and they're just like the the chemistry between the two hosts are really is really good. I find in a way that most NPR shows like kind of remove sort oh, of the personal. It's not NPR, but like it's kind of that style, you know. Um, okay. Uh, like a lot of these kind of informational shows kind of remove so much personality from the host uh and just like try to like hook you with an interesting story but this one is is literally kind of this conversation between two people and it's like hey like this week i did some research about uh homelessness and it's like oh, okay and then they have this conversation and both hosts are really really great um they they talk about a lot of like of famous murders and like different things that happened and they had one really good episode about um there was this like this death that happened basically and it was like a big new york times article about it that it was like this person died um on the street and 38 people like were like were aware of it and nobody called the police it was like made a huge deal uh and they kind of like go back and revisit this <laughs> and see like there's a couple things that you know the article kind of missed it's like turns out like this was at three in the morning <laughs> so in the middle of the night um it didn't happen outside um but it wasn't actually like 38 people it's that they ended up having like filing 38 like sort of like reports after the fact so it's mm-hmm. like it doesn't really perfectly map to the people and, and then um uh, one of the things they also mentioned is that this is before uh 911 existed Oh damn! <laughs> so if you wanted to call, like, call the police or ambulance or whatever, it's like every kind of region had their own special number, so you'd have to like remember an actual number. Um, and anyways, they talk about like the story behind that and the people and like how that actually wasn't like what happened. Like that article was kind of very misleading. Uh, so anyways, they have a lot, of, a lot of really interesting uh, stories like that. Uh, and I feel like every every week I, I learn something new, so it's really good. Cool. Subscribe. I'm gonna listen on my way, my bike ride home. Look at you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Dutch. Oh, by the way, I, <laughs> I, I'm on a WeWork now. I don't know if you noticed the changes. I did I, notice. I was actually I wanted to ask you about this, and then we just started talking about other stuff. Yeah. What's fine. maybe we can talk about what's it later. Up, yeah. What's up with that? I, I'm I'm trying to get a office space. Just leave the house. Mm. Um, not because I, I'm against or I'm tired of working from home. Still love it, prefer it, all that. But uh, like right now in this new apartment, we don't have a dedicated office, you know, space yeah. with a door. Um, and it's also me and Debs working from home. So I, 
I kind of like having this other place that I can go to. Um, anyway, that's not an interesting story. Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> cool. My recommendation is it's actually two. It's just a, a quick update on my headphone situation. <laughs> when we left off, uh, I had, I was my my headphone uh, system was I had the Beats Studio Three, um, the big over the year uh, Beats headphones, mm-hmm. and I had um, well. Uh, AirPods, of course, and I had the like the Beats X that I used for gym and running. I think and it's all pronounced that. Beats Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Pretty, okay. Uh, and then I and then I got the the Power Beats Three, which is like the that like it wraps around your ear, you know, um, and they're, yeah, they're yeah. sweatproof and all that. And they were all like good, but not amazing. Perfect. Mm. Because it still had like the a little cord that went like wraps around your neck, like or behind your neck still. And having that, like, sure, it, the whole thing is like a thing that wraps around your ear, so it won't fall, but it's still like getting pulled, and it's very right. uncomfortable. So it's like ah, it's so perfect. Um, I mean, it was so close to perfect, but not really there. But then this the Power Beats, whatever they call it, well, Power Beats Pro, Beats Pro, whatever. It's like the new. Uh, beats uh, earbuds that I can wrap around your ear, sweat proof, all that stuff. Uh, and they're totally wireless. So there's no wire connecting both. So it's just like AirPods, but beefier. And they wrap around your ear so they don't fall. And that so far has been perfect. Those are like the perfect headphones that I found for exercising, running, moving around. And in a way, like, in a way that they, they do cover a lot of the shortcomings of AirPods. Because I love AirPods and it's still my go-to, just like commuting or whatever. Uh, I always have them in my pocket, so I just use these Beats for exercising, whatever. Uh, but still, you have you have um, physical volume buttons in both earbuds. Um, you also have a physical button like on the actual thing, so you don't have to tap the earbud to like you know skip something. Right. Or whatever. You can actually press the button way better. <laughs> so. Better life is way better than AirPods as well. All that stuff. It's just not as convenient or practical. Or, you know, also the charging case is way bigger, so you can, it's not really pocketable. Whatever. So that's half of the story. The other half is addressing those Beats uh, Studio, whatever. Um, I was on my third pair, <laughs> and the build quality is incredibly bad. Um, I have no problems with the sound quality. I... I'm a huge fan of the, whatever they call it, like the W1 chip or whatever, the, the yeah. easy pairing, and especially switching between devices. So it's perfect. Love it. Um, but the build quality, like it was the, all the fake leather, like the ear cups, mm-hmm. that leather started to peel off. Um, and that's like the, been the second pair that it happened. Oh, it's just bad. Yeah. And I was not going to buy a fourth. <laughs> like by then, I learned my lesson. Yeah. So... I bought the Sony's, whatever that everyone has. Oh, yeah. Everyone's talking about those, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just watched a bunch of MKBHD videos, <laughs> and these are, you know, his choice. And so I I haven't bought, like, a non-Beats pair of headphones in a while, like, in a long while. Um, so no, this is a whole new world. Like, the build <laughs> quality is so much nicer. The leather is probably still fake, but just feels so much better. Right. The case has all the little perks and accessories and like the little 
airplane adapter and all the things. It's nice. Like on the Year Cup, you have a touchscreen, which you would expect Apple <laughs> to come with first. But it, it, it's, so it's not a touchscreen, but it's a touch capacity. It's not a screen, right? Mm-hmm. You can, but you can slide your finger to go next and up the volume and down and all that stuff. Um, it has very smart, like active noise canceling. The noise canceling is really good. And then it can detect, like if you're walking, it won't. Like it will give it will give you some of the outside noise, so it's not as dangerous. Um, if someone is talking to you, you can just like touch the cup on your side, and it will raise the voice levels of the oh, outside. So if someone's talking cool. to you, you can hear them. You don't even have to take your headphones off. Huh. All of those like little nice things uh, that are way better than Beats, but the pairing is a pain in the butt. Oh really? <laughs> Jesus okay, crap! It's still that yeah. That is the one thing. I mean, it's not it's not bad if you intend to use it with just a single device. So if you're going to use this with your you know computer, it's fine. If like every once in a while, like if, when you go on a flight, which is not that common to me, but every once in a while I go on a flight, and it's 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 okay to pair with the phone. You just have to hold the button, get on pairing mode, launch Bluetooth settings on your phone. It's fine. But then if you're trying to quickly switch between devices, it's it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. Wasn't um, the Bose one that had like kind of two like yes. bluetooth things yeah so apparently in the you know there's a lot of competitors that do can 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 pair to two devices um so let's say a phone and a computer or whatever a tablet and a phone whatever it, it can mm-hmm. save two devices um which is great but uh not these uh, unfortunately the sony's they don't do that right. so that's, anyway, yeah, that's but everything else yeah, I'm I'm not like super big on headphones, mostly because I wear glasses and <laughs> find that mm. every single pair of headphone that I've tried makes me uncomfortable after like twenty minutes. I'd be I'd be curious. Like I haven't tried the Sony's, so I'd have to mm-hmm. like go and give them a try, but yeah. I can wear glasses <laughs> and I actually have my glasses here, but I don't use them mm-hmm. very often. But just for you, buddy, tomorrow I'll wear my glasses all day with my headphones. I'll let you know if it hurts. Amazing. Please, <laughs> please do. Yeah, because okay. that's, so, that's the problem. Like, I would have headphones, and I think what I would do is they would be mostly dedicated to work. So I would mm-hmm. use my AirPods most of the rest of the time and then have mm-hmm. the headphones for when I'm doing work and then, like you said, take, take them for airplane travel and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, also kind of related to the fact that I'm now at a WeWork, there's people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's noises that I can't really control. So having good noise-canceling headphones is a must, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> Which everyone knows that works in a in a shared office space. <laughs> but not me, because I used to work from home. So <laughs> it's fine. So, okay, so I will hold my recommendation until next week when I can finally no i think it's totally it. fine there's a huge amount of people that don't wear glasses you know like this good recommendations for them but next week we'll have like the true the true test for all of us glass wearers yes is is this pair of headphones wearable and i feel like if the answer is yes then that puts it above 99 percent of other headphones because <laughs> most of them make you uncomfortable so yeah boom deal looking forward to it sweet okay that is that is the end of uh, this show. It's been a while. It's really good to be back. It's really good to talk to you yeah, again, I'm, buddy. I'm loving this. Um, next week's going to be fun because we're all Apple goodies. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. We are still at Layout FM. <laughs> we didn't change our, <laughs> our Twitter handle. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Rafahari and Kevin is at Vernal Cake. You can find show notes uh, for this episode and find all the other episodes on our website. That's layout.fm. Um, this show is part of the Spec FM network. So there's like more podcasts. We're part of a big podcast family. So if you want to learn more, uh, check them out at spec.fm. And lastly, uh, once again, our thanks to um, Scott Linksys and uh, the, the animating React course on level up tutorials. Um, thanks for sponsoring this week's episode and I'll see you see you next week yeah bye bye bye